Welcome to our message and study of the Word of God. We've worshiped our Lord much this morning through song as we focused on the resurrection of Christ. His resurrection from the dead, folks, was the pivotal point in history. For if he rose from the dead, he is Lord. Therefore, all are subject to him. If he didn't rise from the dead, as he said he would, then really nothing else matters. It is that important. It is that paramount and something that we need to study, believe, and rehearse with others. To say that you believe in the fact of the bodily resurrection of Christ uh, and not be yielded to him as Lord is simply incongruous. How can you truly believe that he was dead and came back to life to reign as Lord of Lords and King of Kings and then not be yielded to him? His Lordship must be paramount in our lives. Today, I want to share a message which I first developed about two decades ago and the title of it is Come and See Go and tell. From Matthew chapter 28, the first book in the New Testament, the last chapter in that book, Matthew chapter 28, really verses 6 and 7 will be our key focal point today, but I want to pick up the reading from verse 1 through verse 8. Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 8. The first point that we'll be talking about today, come and see, addresses the fact of the resurrection of Christ. The second point, go and tell, refers to the function in the lives of those who have believed and he is Lord of their lives. And so, Matthew 28, beginning in verse one. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment, his clothing, white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered, and said unto the women, Fear not, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly, and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher, with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. This passage speaks of come and see, go and tell. First of all, come and see. Because of the resurrection of Christ, we have a living Messiah. Verse 6 speaks to that, and that truth is clear. It cannot be understood. You see, Jesus Christ physically and literally died. He was dead and he was physically and literally raised back to life. Hence, 
He is our living Messiah. Now, the idea of Messiah, it means the anointed one of God, the Christ. It speaks of him being the Redeemer, the Savior. And we know that to be the case from this passage uh, for for, uh, one very important reason found in two different verses. If you'll notice at the end of verse 9, it says that uh, they said, All hail, and they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. And then at the end of verse 17, it says they worshipped him. Only God can receive worship. And so either Jesus is the Lord of life, the living Messiah, the true and living God, or he's pretending, he's lying. And of course, we know that that is not the case. He is the living Messiah, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He demonstrates his lordship in his resurrection, and that demands our fellowship. Now, let me offer evidence uh, from Scripture, throughout Scripture, about the resurrection of Christ, the fact of the resurrection, how everyone ought to come and see, because there is verifiable fact from Scripture. First of all, point number one is his resurrection was prophesied in Scripture. That is, there is prophecy that speaks very specifically, very directly to this. The writers of the Word of God recorded prophecies that he would be the living Messiah. One of those prophecies is found in Psalm chapter 16 and verse 10, where it says, For thou wilt not leave my soul. It's it's a prophecy of Jesus speaking. Uh, The Father will not leave his soul in Sheol, that is, in the grave, neither wilt thou allow thine Holy One to see corruption. He would not be indefinitely in the tomb where his uh, physical remains would decay uh, and corrupt, but in fact, he would come out of that tomb and he would live again. Job 19 in verse 25 spoke of this when Joseph, Job said, for I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Peter alluded to this text when he preached the resurrection of Christ on the day of Pentecost. Just a few weeks following the resurrection of Christ, Peter stood up and preached, and in Acts 2, verses 22 to 24, it says, You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Peter was saying, you know that this took place. You know that, and you saw that he performed miracles and that you heard that he preached messages. And so he was, uh, he was holding them to account. They very much knew what he was saying. Him, Christ, being determined, delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. And so the pains of death were loosed because they couldn't hold him in the tomb. His resurrection was prophesied in Scripture. Secondly, with this idea of come and see, we have a living Messiah. Secondly, his resurrection was predicted by self. 
Now that is an amazing thing that someone would say, I will die and in three days I'll be raised back to life. Truly, it's undeniable what he said and what happened. He predicted, the Lord Jesus predicted that he would actually die and that he would be raised again. Notice that's what uh, it says here in verse 6 that um, the angel reported, he is not here for he is risen as he said. And so you have the witness of the apostles and all around, many, many around, including the, uh, the, the haters of Jesus, when he said, destroy this temple and it'll be raised back up in three days. Just as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights, so too will I be uh, in the belly of the earth. I'll be gone. So he spoke of that himself as well. Mark chapter 14, verses 27 and 28, it says, Jesus said to all of uh, to, to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. It fulfilled the, the illustration of Jonah being in the belly of the whale in, in Matthew 12 and verse 40. It fulfilled the example that Jesus gave about the temple being destroyed and him being raised back up in John chapter 2. Folks, his resurrection was predicted by himself. The great hymn writer understood it well. Death cannot keep his prey. Jesus, my Savior, he tore the bars away. Jesus, my Lord, only the Lord of glory could predict his own suffering and death and resurrection precisely the amount of time after he had said it. It's truly an amazing um, point of evidence. Thirdly, for this idea of come and see the living Messiah is that his resurrection was proven to skeptics. Folks, Christ can be trusted because there were doubters who were convinced, many doubters who were convinced. Remember, all of this, Judas betrayed him, but the other apostles fled and they deserted him. Luke 24 records the women telling the apostles, of Christ being raised from the dead. And in verse 11 of Luke 24, it says, their words, the, the words of the women seemed to them as idle tales and they believed them not. Yet they became convinced. You'll remember doubting Thomas who said he would not believe unless he himself personally saw the resurrected Christ. Unless I put my hands in his nail prints, I'm not going to believe. He was likely in the group here in Matthew 28, verse 17, which says many doubted. Certainly Thomas would have been in that group. But in John 20 and 28, it records the exclamation of Thomas when he saw the risen Christ. He says, my Lord and my God. He recognized that Jesus is the living Messiah. The resurrection of Christ proved his lordship beyond 
any doubt, not even a reasonable doubt, beyond any shade of doubt. Crown him the Lord of life who triumphed o'er the grave and rose victorious in the strife for those he came to save. His glories now we sing who died and rose on high, who died eternal life to bring and lives that death may die. Glory, hallelujah. It's no light matter. The resurrection of Christ is critical because according to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, without his resurrection, all of us would be hopeless and helpless. In fact, Romans 4.25 says, he was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. His resurrection sealed the the transaction, really, and therefore the righteousness of Christ can be imputed, can be credited to the account of those who believe. Folks, the sin debt is paid. If you've actually are one who would come and see and actually was changed, transformed, made new, born again, as you have called upon the Savior as your very own Lord, Master, uh, sin forgiver, as your King of kings. Have you done that? Is that genuine? Is that real in your life? If not, come and see and taste and see that the Lord is good. He'll forgive you. He'll cleanse you. He'll make you new if you'll in faith call upon him to save you. And so the first major point, come and see, spoke of the resurrection of Christ and he's our living Messiah. The second point is we're to go and tell. Because of the resurrection of Christ, we have a liberating message. Oh, folks, we have a story to tell to the nations which will set their heart to the right, on the right path in following the Lord. You see, the very first thing that took place relative to the resurrection was that witnessing took place. Notice in verse 7 of Matthew 28, the angel says, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead and he goeth before you into Galilee. And notice in verse eight, and they departed quickly. (laughs) They went to tell his disciples. They went to share the message of the resurrected Christ with anyone who would listen. Folks, it's a great message to share because the gospel is what sets the heart free. And it's only the gospel. Only the gospel has the power of God unto salvation to all who will believe, Romans chapter one tells us. So three subpoints, if you will, if you're taking notes about go and tell, for we have a liberating message. First, the gospel is to be shared fervently, fervently, with a great measure of passion in our souls. It says here, go quickly, because we alone, those who believe the gospel of the Lord Jesus, folks, we alone have the cure for the greatest disease, the greatest enemy, the the, the greatest affliction known to mankind, and that is the depravity of sin. For you were dead in trespasses and sins before the living Messiah came into your life. And so 
we have a message that we, we must be quick to share. Now, in verse 8 here in our text, notice it says that the women were compelled to share this and they departed quickly with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples word. They left and went to share because they had a message that was worth telling to one and all. <clears throat> they knew the significance of the resurrected resurrection. Beloved, we're called to go and tell. We're called to take this liberating message, that which will set the soul free. It will set the captive free from the bondage of sin and death. We must tell that message. They knew uh, that they were commanded of that uh, to go and, and share the liberating message about the living Messiah. They, they could say, and you can say, if you know him, he has saved me. He's forgiven me. He's given me life, eternal life. And I love him and want to serve him all my days. And so I will tell people, come and see. And as they do, they will then go and tell. And so the gospel is to be shared fervently. Secondly, the gospel is to be shared completely. Notice in our text in verses 6 and 7, it says that Christ, he died, he was put in a tomb, and that he was gone from the tomb, he was <clears throat> resurrected. resurrected. Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture. He was buried, 1 Corinthians 15 tells us, and then he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. So we're to share the death, burial, resurrection of Christ. For his death was required to pay for sin. His burial verifies that he actually died, and it pictures the penalty of sin being carried away. As they would confess their sins over the head, laying their, heads on the, uh, their hands on the head of a scapegoat uh, in the Old Testament, and they would confess, confess the sins of the nations, they would then take that scapegoat off into the wilderness. That is, the sin was being pictured as being removed. And then there is, of course, the resurrection, which says that the sin debt was actually paid and that payment was acceptable. If you want to, re to receive this living Messiah, you must believe the liberating message. That is the gospel, that he is Lord of all. And you desire to, to humbly and willingly yield before him and by faith cry out to him, Lord Jesus, save me, forgive me. I want to be one of your own. I believe you died and that you paid the penalty for sin and that you rose again victorious and you're returning again one day. I want to be in that crowd. I want to be counted in that number of those who know you personally. And then thirdly, in this idea of go and tell, because we have a liberating message, <clears throat> the gospel is to be shared fervently. The gospel is to be shared completely. The gospel is to be shared universally. Universally. Notice in verse 10, um, of our text, 
It says, Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go and tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there they shall see me. What's more, later on in verses 19 and 20, it says, Jesus says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. And so the message of the liberating truth of the gospel must be shared universally. Go and tell. Um, What a powerful message we have. In fact, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, it is explosive power. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe. Child of God, the message of the gospel will set the sinner's heart free. You can't convince him or her. You can't make it happen. But you can share, sure, bring the message which will change a life. Remember, all of the disciples deserted him. Everyone thought he was gone. Yet because of the message of the resurrection, just a few weeks later, Peter and the other apostles experienced Pentecostal power. And later, it says that the whole world was turned upside down with the message of the gospel. Did you come and see? Then go and tell the liberating message of life in Christ. We're to share this message. It's our primary mission, really, in life. In fact, it says in Luke 24, verses 46 and 47, it behooves Christ, that is, it was necessary to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission or forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Well, that has been going on for nearly 2,000 years, right at that, right at 2,000 years. The liberating message of the gospel of the Lord Jesus has been going forth. And if you know him, it's because he allowed that message to come your way and to be planted deep in your heart and you believed. If that's not been the case, reach out by faith to Christ today. Call upon him. You can't purchase it. You can't earn it in any way, shape, or form. All you can say is, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and call upon Christ to save you. If you already know him in a very real and personal way, then go and tell the message that Jesus saves and that, folks, he's returning again soon. We must be busy about sharing this message. Come and see, and then go and tell.